want you to go to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Come on, how many of you love the Bible? You love the Bible? You've been reading your Bible lately? All right. All right. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. This is some good verses today that we're going to use to, to get our message going. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, it says, So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now. I want to read that part again. Patient endurance is what you need now. Someone came to church today that was overwhelmed and was thinking about quitting and there it is. That's what you needed to hear. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. How are they going to live? By faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Let's continue reading going into Hebrews chapter 11. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. And through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. And by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. There you go. If you wanted us to go deep, we're deep right there. Okay. Skip down to verse 6. And it is impossible to please God without faith. And anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Isn't that some good Bible verses today? Let's pray and we're going to jump in. Father, we love you and thank you for every soul that is in this room, everyone that's watching online, everyone that will watch this message. I pray today that as we share from your word, that it will cause faith to arise in us. And not just simple faith, but faith that can move mountains. Not just faith that, oh, everything's going to be okay, but faith that you're the God who makes things happen. And Father, I pray right now in this room for anyone who is discouraged in their faith, for anyone who is thinking about turning away from you, for those even who have may have begun to backslide, I pray today will be a return. I pray today will be a refuel. I pray today will be an awakening. Lord, in this place, we thank you that you're stirring our hearts causing us to believe like we have never believed before. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. We're in this series right now called Built to Last, and last week we started out with families that last. Come on, how many of you were here last week? If you missed last week's message, you should go to YouTube and listen to that message we're talking about a family that is going to last, but today I want to shift gears in our Built to Last series and talk about faith that is going to last. Now, I believe that this is one of the most important messages that you can hear, and it's not because that is the message that we're preaching right now, but because, believe it or not, you are in a fight, 
And I don't mean to drop that on you just so quickly this morning, but you have to know that you're in a fight for your faith. And the enemy would love nothing more than to get you to a place that you do not believe. And he will use whatever he can to get you there. He will use people. And some of those people can be good people. He will use circumstances. He will use just different situations, all with one reason, to get you to the place that you no longer believe God. And as believers, we have to be smart enough to know the tactics of the enemy because most of the things that you're going through have nothing really to do with the things that you're going through, but it has more to do with getting you to the place that you give up and you no longer believe. And so there's a lot of blaming that we're doing on somebody else, and it really isn't about them. It's more the enemy trying to take you out to get you to the place where you're so desperate that you say, I ain't doing this anymore. But we're not like those people who turn away. Amen. I feel like we're in a room that is full of faith. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. Now, we're in a cultural battle. And when we talk about a cultural battle, you have to understand that it isn't just about what's right and what's wrong, although that is a part of what's going on in our world. And uh, I don't know if you have noticed, but there's a lot of things that what people would consider uh, right these days, a few years ago, we would have said, that's just wrong. And it becomes more and more culturally acceptable, and we become more and more numb to it as our level of faith drops. As we no longer put faith in God, it opens the door for us to begin to accept some things that at one time were unacceptable. Amen? I know that can be challenging, but we have to understand that what we're dealing with in our world isn't just a political battle, and it isn't just a social battle, but it's a spiritual battle. Amen? It's a spiritual battle, and with all of the different avenues that people take to try to do things with their life, I'm always amazed with how, um, how much of a lack of spiritual depth that we have because we like to take other avenues to approach morality. And this is, this is the truth that I'm speaking to you today because there's a lot of people that believe that their emotions can handle what the world is throwing at them only to find themselves overwhelmed whenever they're facing it. Seriously. And then we like to think that politics can take on all the challenges of today's world only to find that the more we try to trust in politics, the more they let us down. Amen? And so whenever we consider... Um, faith, we have to approach it from much more than just a cultural perspective. Because in, cultural, in, in culture, there's a lot of different forms of faith that are acceptable. In fact, that is the way the culture is going, is to make all forms of faith more and more acceptable, and that makes you a virtuous person, and that makes you right. And can I just tell you that the world's righteousness is not the same thing as God's righteousness? Amen. And, and as believers, especially believers who build their life on the word of God, we must come to the place that is much more than just a conclusion, but it's a conviction. Amen. Amen. A conviction that our righteousness is not found in the way the world finds righteousness, but it's found only in the person of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen right there? It was what Jesus did on the cross that allows you and I to be righteous, and it's by our faith and our trust in him that you and I are made right with God. Aren't you glad that God did it that way? Yes. Or else you and I would be lined up for judgment. We would be lined up for judgment. And so when we're saying faith, we're not just talking about believing something. We're talking about believing God. 
Today in this message that I'm sharing with you today, please do not misinterpret that as I talk about faith, that I'm just saying that you have a belief system. I am talking specifically about having faith in God. Amen? Having faith in God. Like, God, I really, really trust you. And that's important to note because there is such an acceptance of so many different faith systems. And it's easy to glean different things to build your case for your faith. But I am specifically talking today about our faith in God. That we're building our life on the bedrock, the solid foundation of Jesus Christ and his word. I, and I really feel a conviction to share this up front with you so that it is not misinterpreted as we share this. Because I believe that more people in their lives today are dealing with an issue of faith. They're dealing, there are young people that are trying to figure out what they believe. There are older people trying to figure out why they believe what they believe. And then there are other people that are just caught up in a religious practice and are so uncertain about what they really believe that they are just more conditional with their faith depending on what's going on. If I get really inspired by that song, I trust God. But if I get more inspired by a friend and what they're doing, I just kind of go along with them. What I'm talking about today is a consistency of faith in God's word and in the person of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Now, the issues that we have with faith are not necessarily just something that we came up with. It's just something that we have followed along with. And this is important for us to realize. Now, we live in the South, and because we live in the South, there's a lot of people that go to church. In fact, it, it's ironic whenever we, we meet somebody that says they do not go to church. It kind of blows our mind because living where we live is kind of the thing that you do on Sundays. Am I right? It's just what you do. And so it's very easy to just assume that because a person, they, they, they go to church, that they have their own faith. But I would say it like this. Most people, and this is an issue, they have mama's faith. Mama name's faith. You know what I'm talking about? It's mama names, uh, meaning they're living off of mama's faith or grandma's faith or grandma's faith instead of having their faith in Jesus. And whenever all the things go wrong in their life, as much as we want them to come to the parents and the grandparents, they need to be able to go to Jesus. Amen. And mama should be able to go with them, too. All right. But there's a lot of people who are living off of mama's faith. In fact, it would not it would not surprise me if there are people here today and you came to church for one reason, because your mama was going to ask you if you went to church today. And it's easier to go to church and say, yes, I went to church to mama than it is to have that whole conversation about you not going to church. Am I right? <laughs> By the way, Christmas Eve services are coming up. You better be there or mama's going to ask. But I believe that we were meant to live with so much more than mom and them's faith. Now, mom and them are a good example, but we've got to have our faith in God. Amen? And so maybe you're at that point in your life where you, you, you know what mama's faith is, but do you know what your faith is? Do you have your faith in Jesus Christ? And then there's what I would call inspirational faith. This one is huge, inspirational faith. And this is the belief in faith instead of the belief in Jesus. Where, oh, you got to have faith. Faith in who? Well, you just got to have faith. Faith in who and in what? It's really inspirational, and, it, and it's kind of tricky because it sounds a lot like faith in God, but it's just faith in faith. And, and it sounds like this, and, and, and follow me, and I might step on your toes a little bit, but welcome to Emerge. This is going to happen from time to time. 
where we say things like prayer is powerful. Well, prayer can be powerful, but Jesus is powerful. Amen? Like, like it's not the fact that you prayed that is powerful. It's the fact that the one you prayed to is powerful. And, and we've got to really bring some clarity to that or else we will think that we could do it through our prayers. No, no, no. Jesus does it. Okay? And this is important because you can build your faith system off of the things that you do rather than who he is. Okay, and so we're not just talking about an inspirational faith. We're not even just talking about positive thinking. I want you to be positive. Okay, but positive thinking isn't the punch, the ticket that you punch to get into heaven. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, we know we got some attitude work to do. Don't look at your neighbor right now. This ain't a good time to call him out. Okay, we know we got attitude work to do. But we'll let the Holy Spirit do some sanctification on us. Can I get an amen? All right. Now, then we have this other faith issue, and I will call it uh, immature faith. Now, not to be confused with childlike faith. Okay? All right? Because childlike faith, Jesus said that's the kind of faith we need to have. And childlike faith is where you're just crazy enough to believe that he can do whatever he said he could do. That's what childlike faith is. Immature faith, though, is just living off of a wish. Okay, and this is important because you can think that you're living by faith by wishing for the new latest version of that Cadillac SUV. And I have to be honest, I think it's fine. It is. I'd drive that. Can I get an amen from somebody? Who would ride with me? Come on, you want to look, everybody, I don't want to drive it. I'll ride with you. All right, all right. Uh, but immature faith is, is just putting yourself in the place where it was, it's always wishing. And can I say, your faith has a whole lot more purpose than just wishing. Faith in God has a whole lot more purpose than just wishing for something. And if we're not careful as believers, we can just live in a wishful form of faith where we're always wishing for something. I want the next thing. I want, and it's like a faith that wants something instead of faith that helps you become someone. And here's the difference. And, and, and in Hebrews, if you go back to Hebrews chapter 5 and Hebrews chapter 6, it, it, it talks about maturity. And some people are still living off of what I would call cookies and milk faith when they were supposed to be eating meat. Amen? Now, I'm coming after you now because we should be further along right now. But we like the cookies and milk kind of faith because it's really easy. But when you're walking through the really hard stuff, you need more than cookies and milk. You need some meat on your bones. Amen. And this is an issue. And this is why I'm talking about this, because you're going to walk through some things that is going to test your faith. You're going to. You're going to look at your neighbor and say it's going to happen. Now, that's not negativity. That's just heads up. That's no different than if I told you, hey, listen, five o'clock p.m. Capital Circle. If you're heading back towards Killarne, that's going to be traffic. That's not doom. That's truth. Am I right? Yes. Now, some people would take that as, oh, my God, that is hellfire and brimstone. That is not hellfire and brimstone, y'all. That is find another route. You know what I'm saying? And this is important that we, 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 we give these heads up because I believe it's so easy to slip into these ways of thinking and these ways of believing. And if we're not careful, we will build our lives on a faith that will not last. It will not, it may feel good, but it won't last. Here's another kind of faith. I'll call it misplaced faith. And this is putting faith in other things. 
And there's a number of different things that you could put your faith in. And some of them can be considered good. Like it is good to get an education. Can I hear an oh yeah? Yes, you need to be educated. But if all of your faith is just in your education, you better keep learning. Because there's something that you don't know. And you need to know that you don't know it yet. Right? How many of y'all know somebody that needs to know some things? Not us, but them. I know. But what can happen is you can misplace your faith. And this is where you put more faith into a system or a denomination. And I'm not just saying that because we're a non-denominational church. I'm just saying that if you put more faith into a denomination that you've been a part of than Jesus Christ, you have misplaced your faith. Seriously. Or when you put your faith in people more than you do Jesus. Like, listen, please don't put more faith in me as your pastor than you do Jesus. Don't do that. I promise you, I ain't that good. I mean, he's still working on me. And y'all praying for me, right? But I'm telling you, I ain't Jesus. Thank you for not saying amen right there. Appreciate that. <laughs> Misplaced faith. Putting it in a system, in a denomination. And, and, and it's crazy how these things come out and about because there are people that are literally putting faith like in horoscopes. Can I just tell you, don't mess with that stuff. That is not of God. And don't just treat it like it's just some little game. Don't play with that stuff. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Or y'all just not sure about that one? Or like the, the, the crystals? You know that crystal stuff that people are messing with? Some of y'all are like, I have no clue. Other people are like, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's putting more faith in created things than the creator. That's what it is. Where, where you think that this thing is going to bring you good luck. Uh, Elijah has this game day tradition that he has developed. That he has to wear a certain shirt for LSU to win. And he has to put his hat on backwards. And we cannot go eat at Kush's on that day. And he firmly believes that is what's making the difference in the team. And we love you, son. But I don't think that's what's doing it. I really don't. Misplaced faith. Where we're putting our faith in other things to get what only God can give. Okay? Here's the last one. I'll call it opinionated faith. Opinionated faith. This is what I believe and this is what I think. And the key in there is I. Okay? It's I. And one of the things I've learned about being a believer, that the longer I believe, there's less I. And there's more him. And these are, these, are very, these are very obvious faith issues that are going on. And I wouldn't even just say in the world. I would say within the church. This is what believers are dealing with, okay? And what's so interesting is that we're encountering some things that is testing our faith. Last week when we read scripture, we said that when a, when a wise man builds a house, he builds it on a solid rock, and when the winds and rain come, it stands because it has a firm foundation. We also begin to talk about the foolish man who built his life on the sand, and one of the things that we said is that sand is little pieces of rock. A little bit of this, I'll take a little bit of that, but I am going to put it together and form what I believe is going to hold this thing up. But when the storms come and tests the house that was built, the house falls because it's not a solid foundation. 
And for us to be able to customize the gospel for each and every person would be for us to forfeit the very person the gospel is all about. The gospel was not meant to be customized. It was meant to be followed and lived and believed in. Amen? And so in a culture that is saying, customize this and customize that, make it fit my belief system, the true call to salvation is for you to take your belief system and change it and put it completely in Jesus Christ rather than changing Jesus Christ to fit what we like. Can we say that? And it's important that I talk about this because we're talking about a faith that is going to last. A faith that is going to last not just for a few years, not just, okay, we have a young family and we want to get our kids in church and we get through the tough years as a believer, but then after that, we gained a little independence and then we live however we want. No, no, no. I'm talking about a consistent faith in your life that can be followed that can literally set up a faith legacy in your family. And not just by people in your family, but even by others who are around you, okay? Now, I want you to write this down, okay? A faith that can be tested is a faith that can be trusted. Meaning this, if you cannot be tested in your faith, if you're not willing to allow your faith to be tested, then your faith isn't trusted. Now, I know, listen, I, I, I'm, please hear me. I'm saying that from up here, and you're like, if you heard what that sounded like out here, Pastor Wade, you would say it differently up there. Am I right? I know, I know. This is what I know, though, that Jesus is reliable. Like, we need to know that. He is reliable. He is trustworthy. You can count on him. And here's why. The Bible tells us he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to change. In other words, he's not looking at what's going on in the world and freaking out. Oh, my father, what will we do? No, 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 no. He's not falling off the throne. He's still seated on the throne. Amen? He's still seated on the throne, and his response isn't panic, it's purpose. Okay, and it's important for you and I to know that because whenever we see things going on, we tend to fall apart because we want a reason. You know that whole everything happens for a reason theology? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Listen, don't tell me that if I'm going through something. Seriously, don't tell me that. If I'm going through hell, don't tell me, well, brother, everything happens for a reason. I got a good reason to tell you why you don't tell me that right now. Leave me alone. Amen? Forgive me if I got a little attitude about it, but I've seen that so many times where, where even like you go to a funeral and somebody walks up to the loved one, they lost someone in their family. Well, everything happens for a reason. Right? Don't just say that stuff. We're, 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 we're coming up with, with comforting things that we think bring comfort. It doesn't bring comfort. It brings confusion. It brings craziness. Seriously. Makes people think, oh, God's out to get me. God's not out to get you. He's out there to get you to last. Okay? The enemy is trying to bring you down and cause you to lose faith. But God wants your faith to last. And so for you and I, it's this understanding that I'm going to walk through some things in my life. And when I walk through it, I need to know that what I have, my faith is going to get me through it. My faith is going to get me through it. And even if I don't have all of the answers, 
This is important because you may not get them all. You can still keep going because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So what I want to do, and this is going to take a couple weeks, I want to unpack some things that I have learned about a faith that lasts. Okay? And, and we'll probably take some detours, but I think it's important that we unpack these things. The first thing that I've learned about a faith that lasts is a faith that is committed to God's word, his ways, and his will. Not, for one, not just one of them, but all of them. His ways, his word, and his will. And not just parts of the Bible, but all of the Bible. Amen? All of it. And it's funny how we like to pick out our favorite verses, but there are other verses in there too that we need as well. Not just the, the, the shiny ones that show up on the wall, but the ones that we really, really need to hear. When we talk about God's way, we're talking about God's ways of doing things, which let's go ahead and conclude we wouldn't do it that way all the time. Like I would do it different. I'm just being honest with you. I said, Lord, there's a better way. In fact, you remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, what he said? Father, if there's another way, come on, I'm your only son. <laughs> there's got to be another way. But then he said, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. It's committing to God's word, his ways, and his will. And if our faith is going to last, it's going to take a commitment to all of God all of the time. All of God, all of the time. Can I get an amen? amen? Meaning this, he must be the foundation. He must be the cornerstone that we're building our lives on and not just an add-on to help us get through. There's a difference because Jesus isn't the app that you hit when all hell breaks loose. This is the foundation that you've already built on so that when all hell breaks loose, you say, wait a minute, we built on a good foundation. We're going to make it. Amen? And we've got to change the way we approach Jesus from just being a helper to being a Lord. Amen? He has to become the Lord of our life if you want your faith to last. Now, if you just want good feelings, you can go with the Jesus app. But if you want a faith that lasts, you have to allow him to be the foundation that you're building your life on. Lord, I'm trusting your ways, I'm trusting your word, and I'm trusting your will. All of you, not just some, but all of you, because I want to last. I want my faith to make it. And here's a great verse. You've heard it many times, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. How much of your heart? All of it. Not just some of it, but all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Like you're hearing this verse right now in a completely different context. Because there are some things that you just will not understand, but you must keep trusting the Lord. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. His word, his ways, his will. And can I say this? It doesn't have to make sense for it to be God. And we've got to accept that. Again, we cannot expect Jesus to customize the gospel just for us. That's pretty good right there. Okay. This is what I'm saying. Your relationship with God is more important than anything else in your life. It really is. It's more important than any other relationship in your life. And that's why it's so important that you cultivate your relationship with God. That is not just a buddy system, but you are my Lord. You are my Savior. You're the one that gave your life for me. I'm going to trust you no matter what because you gave your life for me no matter what. 
Amen? Now, here's number two. First one is commit to God's words, his ways, and his will. But number two is where it gets real. This is where the rubber meets the road. Number two, a faith that lasts is a faith that eliminates the options. A faith that eliminates the options. And here's the verse I want to use right here. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Is it okay if I teach this a little bit? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Watch this. And the life which I now live, the life that I'm living now, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Meaning this, I'm I'm eliminating all the other options. I'm eliminating the option to quit on God. I'm eliminating that option. I'm eliminating the compromise option out of my life. I'm eliminating the option that, oh, it's just a stretch and it doesn't really matter. No, 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 no. I'm eliminating that option because I'm committed to the one who is committed to me. And this right here is where the struggle happens for so many people because they will say yes to Jesus. Please come and forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. But they won't eliminate all the options. And so they leave all the options in place and wonder why they struggle in their faith. And it's not so much that you're struggling with your faith as much as you're struggling with eliminating the other options. And we must eliminate all the other options that are in our lives. Like this, you must eliminate the quit option. We just, ele- we just let it hang around. Well, I'll just quit if it don't work out. Well, no, that's not how you live by faith. If you're going to have a faith that's going to last, you've got to sa- have faith that says we're not going to quit. We're not, God, I'm not going to give up on you. It's hard, but I'm not going to give up on you. Everything and everybody around me is telling me, throw in the towel, but you're better than that. I'm sticking with you. I'm eliminating the quit option out of my life. I'm eliminating it. Amen? And this is really challenging because you have to decide, choose this day, who you're going to serve. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because we have tried to live with Jesus with all of the options in place. And sometimes we choose Jesus, sometimes we don't. And we've taken advantage of the grace that, well, I'll just run back to Jesus. I'll just run back to Jesus. And listen, no wonder our walk with God is all over the place and we're not going anywhere. We're too busy running back and forth. No wonder we're tired. I'm exhausted. Well, you're running from the option to the real thing. You need to run to the one. One direction. More than a boy band. I had to. Can I tell you one of the options that we have to eliminate that's going to make the difference in if your faith is going to last or not? It's the option to be offended. The option to be offended. Because if you leave the door open for you to be offended, I can tell you, you have opened the door for your faith to come to an end. I'm serious. And in the climate of our world, it's almost, it's almost virtuous to be offended at something. It is. But as a believer, you, you, must, you must reach the place that you say, I'm going to be unoffendable. And that is hard. But if you don't get to the place that you eliminate the option to be offended, you will be offended. 
And this is, this is one of the biggest causes of people throwing in the towel on their faith. In fact, in the church world, the word deconstruction that you're hearing so much coming from young millennials, the reason that they're deconstruction, deconstructing really hasn't a whole lot to do with God. It has a lot to do with people in the church. And they're quitting on the church because of people. And yes, people need to do some work. Look at your neighbor and say, you got some work to do. I know, we got work to do. I got work to do, you got, I mean, we need to change, okay? But if we continue to allow ourselves to have the option to be offended, think how that's going to hurt your family. Think how that's going to hurt your marriage. Think what that's going to do with you at work. Think what that's going to do with your kids. So we can talk about building a family that lasts forever, but as long as we leave the option to be offended on the table... You're basically saying, we're going to leave the door unlocked every night. Y'all come on in. This is the stuff, y'all, that, that we must talk about if we're going to have a faith that lasts, if we're going to have a family that lasts, or else we're going to try to build some kind of faith system that allows all of our conveniences and all of the things that feels good to us and try to build our lives on it, only to find ourselves tested with something that God is trying to use to eliminate those things out of our lives. Did you know that some of the tests you're going through, God is actually using to help you eliminate some options in your life? I'll give you a good clue. When Cynthia and I were on the journey of trying to figure out where God wanted us to plant this church, we went from city to city, and God was taking us to these cities basically to tell us no. And it costs a lot of money to get a no. You know what I'm saying? You plan an entire weekend, you book a hotel, you got all the meals, you're burning all the gas, and you go there, and it's kind of like you come home, you don't know, and then the Lord's like, no, that ain't it. It's like, what are you doing? There's a cheaper way to do this, Lord. But there's a lot of emotion that's involved in it, and God wanted us to make a spiritual decision and not an emotional decision, so he helped us to eliminate some options so that we can get to the place that we needed to be. And God will use a test to help you get rid of A, B, and C so that you can choose D. Amen? And this is hard because we like all of the options. I like to keep my options open. And when it comes to having faith in God, you got to close the other options and say, this is the way. I'm following Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no other way. There is no compromise. I'm following Jesus. Amen? Is that okay? So here is my option. My option is to trust God. That is the option. So watch this. God's looking for trust and obedience. That's what he's looking for. Trust and obedience. Do you trust him and will you obey him? Do you trust him and will you obey him? I know, it's like, Pastor, come on, man. You need to encourage the people today. People are walking through fire. Listen, when you're walking through fire, we don't need to talk about what got the fire started. We need to help you to get out of there. Yeah. Amen? Amen? And so if I say go this way, and I didn't say it in the right tone, I'm sorry, but you need to go this way or else you're going to burn. Okay. Amen? Okay, just making sure that we're tracking here. All right, here's number three. We, we're going to commit, 
to God's word, his ways, and his will. We're going to eliminate the options. Number three, we're going to follow godly examples. Follow godly examples, okay? Philippians 3.17, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. So here's the question I'm asking you. Who is your faith example? Who is it that you know in your life personally that has the kind of faith that you have seen that has passed the test? The kind of faith that has passed the test and they're consistently passing the test. Are you looking to them to be an example or are you just looking at them as a critic? Meaning this, well, they never have anything bad that happens to them. Yes, they do. Well, they look like they just always have it together. Well, sometimes their faith makes them look a lot better than what the situation is really going. I promise you. Who are the people that you can look at and say, that faith example, I am going to follow? Meaning this, they have trusted God in this season. They've trusted God in that season. They trusted God in this season. They've trusted God in that season. Who are those people in your life? And are you putting yourself around those people? And it's very important because you become like the company that you keep. You do. And we have a major problem with knowing the difference between an example and an entertainment buddy. We do. Meaning this, there's a lot of things that you would do with people that you have to see that it's more about entertainment than it is anything else. Hang out with them at the ball game, entertainment. Go watch a show, entertainment. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to follow that example. But then there are people in your life that have a faithful example. And I'll give you a good clue. If all hell was breaking loose and you needed someone to pray for you, who are you calling? You know what I'm saying? Who are you calling? These are the people that have a faith that has been tested. And because it's been tested... They have a faith that can be trusted. And it's important for you to have those people in your life. But now I'm going to flip it. Who are you a faith example to with your life? That that person would say, call them. They've been through fire and they made it through. They've been through flood. They made it through. Let's talk to them because they know how to get through all of the tests. We need those people, but we also need to be those people. We need some godly examples. So I ask you, who are you looking to and who are you surrounding yourself with? Are you being intentional about having a faith influence in your life? Having somebody that you know, watch this, won't just encourage you, but will challenge you. Come on now, this is different. I know you need encouragement, but people who are going the wrong way, they don't just need encouragement. You know what else they need? Correction. And that's not judgment. Correction comes from love. Love says, don't keep going that way. That's destruction. Turn around, come this way. I encourage you to turn around and come this way. Who is it in your life, though, that can bring that type of faith example to you? That you have opened the door and said, I want that kind of faith 
But with that kind of faith comes instruction. With that kind of faith comes an impartation where it's not just someone speaking to you, but someone speaking into your life. And there's a difference there. Someone who's speaking into your life where it's getting beyond your ears and getting beyond your head and is getting to your spirit. And within your heart, as you hear it, you're making adjustments. You're saying, I'm going to change. That's mentorship. And these are the secrets, y'all. This this is just three things I'm sharing today. But these things that I'm sharing with you today are secrets of people who have had a faith that have lasted through all the different things. And can I tell you today, there's a generation that's coming up that needs faith examples. They need a lot more than just feelings faith, need a lot more than just a pretty Bible verse and a pretty song. They need a godly example. They need a man and a woman of God that even though all hell is breaking loose in their life, they're still standing there on Sunday morning with their hands raised and saying, God, I'm going to praise you in the storm. Even though we're walking through the fire, I'm going to worship you because you're greater than all of this stuff. Amen. They need to see an example of it. They need to see an example, and it's there are examples, godly examples of men and women in the church, but there's a need for more and more examples in the body of Christ. There is, and it's time, and I will say that, and I felt like the Lord just led me to say this, it's time for some believers to step up. It's time to step up and step away from the buffet of belief. Come on. And it's time to get behind the stove and stir up the good things that God's already put in your life. God brought you to that church when you were a kid and you sat through all of those Sunday school lessons and you memorized all of those verses. And it wasn't just for a star on a chart and a coffee mug to bring home to mama. It was he was planting seeds in your heart for things that you were going to face in days like today. And it wasn't just a cute little character lesson that you learned at Emerge Kids one time or you went to vacation Bible school. It was God preparing you for a test that you would face one day when you were working in the office with some difficult people and instead of losing your mind you held your example amen it was a little bit more than that when you were in the youth group and you you had that leader that was a little bit challenging to you and you thought they were always on edge but you didn't realize that it was actually a battle for your soul and because they were that way when you went to college you stayed true to the Lord Come on, God knew what he was doing. And there's so much that has already been planted in our hearts. Good seed that's been planted in our heart. We have a wealth of sermon content. And we have so many so many things that we have heard. It's time to live it. It's time to bring it off of the pages of our journal and work it into the pages of our lives. Amen. God is calling you to be an example of faith. And if you're going to be the kind of person that has a faith that lasts, you must eliminate the other options. You can't play with God. You can't say, God, I'll take this, but I want all of that too. You're going to have to say yes to God, and you got to say no to sin. You have to say no to some of these other things that keep dragging you away. That's called wisdom. That's called discernment. And as the body of Christ, it's this reality of, I can't keep playing with God. I can't keep running this spiritual race back and forth between God's way and my way. I must get on the straight and narrow path and live my life His way. Amen? We're seeking so many other things. We're seeking all of this. We're seeking success. And God's like, you're not going to find success in that. You're going to find it in me. 
Amen? I just feel such a conviction about this because we, we have led ourselves to believe that it's all about feeling good. Listen, there are times where I haven't felt good. There are times where I've struggled like, oh, can I keep doing this? And most of the time it's because of people. Amen? People will just drive you crazy. Don't look at your neighbor. <laughs> but my hope isn't built on people. time I was in a class full of interns, ministry interns, and we were talking about how you know you're going to last. And this one student said, you know you'll last, last in ministry if you just keep loving people. People will keep you going. And it's not true. I love people. I do. I'm telling you, I love you people. I do. Some of y'all, y'all crazy, but I love you. Y'all saying, you crazy too. Hey, let's do this. All right. But what keeps us going isn't people. It's him. What's going to keep you going on as a parent isn't your kids. I used to joke with Cynthia all the time because she would show all this favoritism to my kids. And, like, she would, like, take care of them. I'm like, hey, what about me? And one day I just went for it. I said, you do know one day those boys are going to find another woman, and they're going to leave you. I did. I told her that. Baby, they're going to find another woman, and they are going to roll out on you. But guess who's going to be here? I'm going to still be here. You better take care of me. I'm going to still be here. I'm talking about faithfulness today talking about a faith that lasts. I ask you the question today. Is your faith going to last? Is it going to last through what you're walking through right now? You say, Pastor, I'm raising teenagers. I need all the faith I can get. Can I tell you this? Because we've, we've raised teenagers. It ain't just the teenagers that you need faith for. It's you. Teenagers are awesome. I'm serious. They're awesome. But they help you to see, I need to grow. That's what's so challenging about them. You help them to see. They help you to see, I need to keep believing because their eyes are wide open. And my eyes aren't open as wide as they used to. Because I've let some things in my life put a little bit of water on my fire. Put a little bit of water on my faith. I used to believe big. But I went through some hurt. We're going to talk some more about this next week. But I've walked through some things that I don't believe like I used to. What about recapturing some childlike faith? That's why I love being around young people. Because they make you believe with childlike faith. Why not? Because it's hard. Who cares? Just go for it. I love that about young people. How's your faith doing? What is it that you're walking through right now? That's testing your faith. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is what I want to do. If you're walking through something right now and your faith is being tested, can I just say, it ain't bad to be tested. The test isn't the proof that you're bad. The test is about the proof that the faith that you have is real. But you know that you're walking through a test of faith right now. I want you to stand to your feet. You know it.
My faith is being tested right now. And isn't it funny how when your faith is tested, that the options just start screaming at you. You know what I'm saying? The options, they just start showing up. We're talking about faith that's going to last. What option do you need to eliminate right now? For some of you with your marriage, it's eliminating the option of divorce. It's eliminating that option. Because as long as that's on the table, you're not truly believing that God can work in your marriage. I know, that's a hard one. I know. What options are you leaving open right now? And I want to pray for you, everyone that's walking through a test right now. And I want you to lift your hands to God. And there's, a, there's people sitting around you that's going to put a hand on your shoulder. Come on, if you're sitting around someone who's standing right now, I just want you to stand, put a hand on their shoulder. Come on, believers, I need you to step in. Prayer team. Come on, there's some folks over here. It would be great to have someone put a hand on their shoulder. Come on, believers, let's move. Right here in the middle. You do know that when you're tested, the fear is always failing. But there's always the possibility of passing the test, too. You made it through school by passing tests. You didn't fail every one of them. And maybe your faith is being tested right now. You don't have to fail that test. You don't. You can make it through this. That's a word for you. You can make it through this. You can persevere. You may not get all the answers, but you can make it through it. You can make it through it. You can make it through this. And Father, I pray for every person that's standing right now in this room whose faith is being tested. They're walking through fire. They're walking through flood. But I thank you that you are with them. Your presence is right there, right now. And I pray that they will have the reassurance today to know that if they trust you, they will not be disappointed. If they trust you, they will get through this. And I just pray that as we pray over them, as we pray with them, even as a friend stands next to them and puts a hand on their shoulder, I pray right now that their faith will be elevated. And it's not just the faith from a friend, but it's faith in you. I pray that you will renew their grip today, their grip of faith, that they're not letting go of you. They're not letting go of your promises. They're holding on to you no matter what comes out of them. And I pray that every option that the enemy tries to throw at them, to cause them to step away, to cause them to throw in the towel and quit. I pray it will be eliminated now in the name of Jesus. I pray they will eliminate the option to give up, eliminate the option to give in, eliminate the option to quit. And I pray today that their faith will be renewed and it will be strengthened. So, Father, right now, we're standing in agreement asking you for miracles to restore families 
to provide for finances, to help with major decisions that each person in here may be facing, to overcome some hurt from their past, to step into a new role, to take a risk on a new business. Father, whatever it may be, I pray that their faith will remain. I pray that the healing will manifest. I pray that there will be direction, there will be discernment, there will be wisdom. Father, today we put our faith and our trust in you. In the name of Jesus. And I want you right there out loud, I want you to say it. Say, Lord, I'm trusting you. Say it out loud. Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. Everyone stand to your feet this morning as we close. And I want you to lift your hands all across this room today. All across the room today. I want you to put those first verses back on the screen. And I don't want to just read this to you, but I want to read this over you. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destructions. We are the faithful ones. Say that with me. We are the faithful ones. Say it again. We are the faithful ones. Say it louder. We are the faithful ones. Say it again. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Not turning back. When I was a kid, I remember hearing this song, and they would just sing it over and over, and some of you, it's a throwback. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. And they would just sing it over and over. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Don't turn back. Keep going. Keep believing. God's not finished with you. Come on, do you believe that? God isn't finished. you got to come back next week because I'm going to carry on with part two and there's some things that you need to hear because you want to have the kind of faith that lasts. Am I right? We're the faithful ones. We're not giving up. We're going to last. And there's a whole generation that's going to follow and they're going to have that kind of faith that is going to last. Do you believe it today? Father, I thank you for everyone in this room that seeds that have been planted throughout our lives in those classrooms, in those youth groups, in those vacation Bible schools, at those conferences, in that small group, those seeds that have been planted from those sermons where we took notes. I thank you, Lord, that the storms that we're walking through right now are watering those seeds and will cause them to grow. And Father, I pray it will be a fruitful harvest of faith in our lives, that we will have the kind of faith that remains. We will have an abiding faith that holds on to you no matter what. 
And Father, I just pray for every person in this room today as we walk out of those doors that our faith will not fail, that we will put an emphasis on growing in our faith. We'll put an emphasis on looking to good examples of faith so our faith will continue to grow. And I pray that we will be examples of faith. Cause your church to shine as we walk out of these doors and show who you are. Let them taste and see that you are good, Father, from the fruit of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen.